myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray. It is Sunday and it is the five-minute rant. So it's over to you guys uh, to have your say on Newcastle United tonight. And I don't think there'll be much ranting after uh, Friday's result. Of course, uh, a dominating performance by Newcastle United saw them win 4-2 against Leicester. And uh, any doubts over um, Newcastle's safety in the league this season was cast aside with a, with a fantastic performance. And to be honest... Um, you know, even tomorrow night's game, we'll all be watching it. We've been discussing just before we came on air. Uh, we'll all be watching it, hoping that Fulham get beat. But I, I just think it's academic now. But uh, I'm joined uh, by Pete and by Holly. Unfortunately, Chris is still uh, feeling a bit under the weather. Get well soon, Chris. Uh, I hope everything's okay. And of course, it's becoming a bit of a regular feature on a Sunday to ask Pete how he's done with his Sunday team. So, Pete, I'm hoping you haven't had to play in goal and I'm hoping you've got a result the day. What was the score? Um, fortunately for me, I didn't have to play in goal, but um, uh, we, we went down 3-1 uh, today, uh, unfortunately. Um, the lack of a goalkeeper. Both our goalkeepers are injured, as I mentioned to you, Steve, before. Um, and just without a goalkeeper, we actually played really well as a team and caused them a lot of problems. Seven one-on-ones we missed. Wow. Seven one-on-ones, like it was just one of those games. And then the, the goalkeeper situation just got the better of us. Um, but we we shrug it off and we go again. Ah, it's no good. It's no good. But as I say, you shrug it off. You haven't had a playing goal. Um, I'm <laughs> going to ask John from Tech if he's watching the night as well. I think you should show a little bit of sympathy on Pete. I think uh, he needs a new strip sponsor. I think this is the only way that he's going to turn things around, John. So if you can come up with some kind of idea for a strip... And what's made us think about this, actually, is that John's put these on the uh, website today, uh, some new football tops. And they're black and white, Pete. Uh, oh. NUFC Matters tops, twenty nine ninety nine dollars package uh, as well, NUFCMatters.com, football tops. Now, Pete, if there's anybody needs a black and white top in Leicester for the football team, it's you. So, John from QTech, if you're feeling generous, Pete needs a new sponsor. I think that would be ideal. And John is online, so I'm sure John oh. might... Uh, John, if you can help Pete out, please do. You know what, Steve? Uh, just, just really quickly, I was lucky enough that last season uh, we got to redesign our club badge, and typically me surrounded by Leicester City fans, I actually created our badge based on the Newcastle badge. <laughs> so our badges, so that top alongside our badge would be absolutely a dream. Um, Fantastic. Well, we'll see what we'll see what John can do. I'm sure he'll help you out in some way, shape, or form. Gary Milligan says, "Have you got Joe Linton playing up front for you, Pete?" Just after you said seven one on ones. Honestly, um, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he's worse. He's a lovely lad, bless him. Um, I hope he's but, not watching. You know, <laughs> I, I hope he is watching because I tell him, I tell him enough as it is anyway during the team talks. But he's a, he's he's got he's lightning quick. Uh, got great like. Great quality on the ball, but he gets in front of goal and he just absolutely falls to pieces, bless him. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's just one of those things. Sunday football, Priya. Yeah, OK. Well, uh, as always, it's over to you uh, to talk about Newcastle United and uh, you follow the link. I've put it in the description box uh, and we we'll have got a caller straight away. It's uh, Gary Carruthers. How are you, Gary? I'm all right. How are you? Yep, good to see you, mate. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us today. That's a great backdrop. Is that you and your missus? 
It is, yes, I. <laughs> excellent, <laughs> excellent, ex excellent, that mate. Okay, well, welcome to the show. Um, look, the floor is yours, and and you know whether it's a rant or a rave, as uh, Pete calls it. Uh, over to you, mate, and then we'll discuss what you what points you bring up. So over to you, Gary. Yeah, it's more of a rave, really, isn't it? Um, wasn't I really expecting what came on Friday, <clears throat> but we'll take it. You know, it's kind of got us to a position where we're pretty much safe. Um, and it was just, you know, the first five minutes we just came out and we just straight away the body language for me it just said let's let's have it, you know, let's 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 do this. And it was so much better than when we played Arsenal the week before. Um, <clears throat> probably after five minutes, I think. We just we just stepped it up. We were just looking to catch them on the break all the time, um, and it it worked really. You know that the, the game plan was fair play to Steve Bruce. He got it right this time. You know he, he sat back and we broke on them in the pace of uh, say at maximum. Wilson looked up for it from from the from the beginning. Really, um, the only thing I would say would be despite all of this, Almiron to me he's, he's just gone backwards. He just. He seems to just be stopping on the spot and spinning and he doesn't seem to be getting anywhere and I don't know what his contribution is to the team really, you know. Um, Shelby didn't do a great lot, but he's kind of now playing as if he's like a holding midfielder, so bringing Willock back into the fold, I think, just give us that, that energy in midfield and a bit, bit of a cutting edge, you know, so uh, much better performance. I, I thought it was in Dreamland, 4-0, I, I couldn't believe it, but then typical Newcastle, before you know it, you're on your nerves again, aren't you? You're sitting, you're sitting there thinking, how, how have we gone to 4-2? And then I think Perez had a, a chance quite late on after that, didn't he? And you're just thinking, how can you go from 4 and up to all of a sudden? You're biting your nails and you, you, I was like kicking every ball and come on, get out, get out, get it out. And I was just thinking, Bruce, come on. Like, you, you, you've allowed them to get two back. Why, why is that happening? You, you should have, 4-1, that should have been the... The first thing where you think there's a bit of a chance here that they're going to have a fight back, albeit pretty much no, no chance really at falling and up. But I just wanted them to shut up shop and just just take what we've got, you know. But obviously we look to tomorrow's game against Fulham. Um, it would be nice to see Fulham get nothing more than a draw, really, and then from then onwards we can we can just relax for the last three games. Obviously Man City next, and then got a chance of points against Sheffield United and Fulham, but. Hopefully we won't need them. Hopefully the job will be done by this time to by sort of tomorrow night, you know. Before I go to Holly, uh, I'll, I'll just say something. I mean, uh, just a question for you, really. Uh, you know, what do you think's changed things, Gary? Because ultimately, um, you know, six, seven weeks ago, I think we all felt we were, we were down. We were, you know, there was no way yeah. out of this. I think we were looking at a, a possibility of relegation. Um, you know, Mike Ashley's takeover collapsing. Being stuck with Steve Bruce next season, uh, we've now gone from that to, yeah. to to almost safe with three games to go, and you know the the takeover looking more possible now than it probably has in the last twelve months. What what's changed things on the pitch for you? Um, just a bit more guts, I think. You know, just um, we just when we have all them injuries, just everything just seemed to go downhill really, but. From the Tottenham game onwards, really, I think we just we just seem to be up for the Tottenham game. And aside from Arsenal last weekend, we've been good for like four or five games. So it's only the Arsenal game we've let ourselves down, really, I would say. But it just seems more positive. I, mean, I, I just 
I don't really want Willock to be used as the super sub. I want him to I want him to be on the pitch because he just gives you so much more than any other midfielder we've got. And he, he he's not an opportunist. He breaks forward, he he'll he's looking to nick the ball and then you've got like likes of say at maximum he'll break forward. Wilson just looks so sharp, I thought. He he just looked up for it, the same as he did in the Liverpool game. So hopefully we're there now and we can just focus on getting getting the end of the season done and then hopefully, I don't know, for me, Bruce has got to go, but he's still got another year in his contract as far as I know. So we just need a change for next season. We definitely do with keeping Willock as well because he just gives you something. But the heart says he's, he's, he's heads with, with Arsenal. And to me, he's, he's been there all of his life, hasn't he? So why is he going to come to Newcastle? You, you would like to think, you, you, you might think playing in front of 52,000 fans and being a fan's favourite, it might be enough for him to say, well, why not? Let's make this change. But he had seen, I think he's, he's heads with Arsenal. So just got to see what happens. But there has to be changes in midfield because it's the centre of midfield where we just let ourselves down. It's just not enough. But Hayden, he's very defensive. Shelby doesn't know a forward pass anymore. Longstaff, to me, just chases shadows. He, he, he works hard, but he doesn't give you anything. He doesn't create chances. And Almiron just... I don't know what's the matter with him. He keeps doing this whole spinning on the spot, rolling his foot over the ball and then going backwards. And I'm just thinking, well, what are you bringing to the team anymore? So I don't know if he's just lacking confidence. I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. Great points. Well made, Gary. Uh, Holly, uh, what's your take on what Gary's had to say tonight? Yeah, um, I agree with him on most of the things, except I do slightly disagree with his opinion on Almiron because... Over the past few games, I do think he's been a lot more poor than usual. Like, you can't question that. Um, I think that's just down to exhaustion, to be honest. I think he's been playing far too much and it's just really getting to him now. I think he needs a break. I said the other week I would have rested him for that game against Leicester and I'd continue to do the same against Man City. I think he really just needs some time off because he's really over run at the moment but um in general I think Almond's a great asset to our team I think he's one of the most passionate players on that side always puts in 100% um and he is a talented player just unfortunately at the moment he's just finding it a bit too difficult um and also I agree with him I think we are safe um now we don't really have anything else to do of course we'll be watching that Fulham v Burnley game because that will make it mathematically safe which you always want to do um, but apart from that, it's positive signs. Um, midfield, definitely we do need to strengthen in that. That's where we've been lacking the most this season. We've talked about this time and time again. But also, as well as midfield, I think we need to sort the defence out massively. It is the same defence that we had under Rafa Benitez that I think was our strongest position under Benitez. Um, I thought the defence was outstanding. Under Bruce, it just seems to have fallen apart. I don't know if it's because Lascelles isn't as good as the captain and he's the one that's meant to be kind of leading the line and organising that defence, which he isn't doing anymore. So maybe if we sort out that problem, then things will fall back into place. But I'd certainly be getting probably another left back and certainly a centre back. I think we need it, especially that we have a few um, players out of contract and Fabian Shaw could go. But definitely the likes of um, Matt Ritchie and Martin Debrava coming back into the side is, for me, what has sorted out the form and made us start winning games more. You're on mute, Steve. <coughs> Yeah, Pete, what did you uh, think uh, about what Gary had to say? Um, firstly, great to have you on, Gary. Um, some great
great points um, been made. Uh, certainly around Bruce, uh, I, I echo your your views in that we hope we walk, he walks away in the summer and that he's not there at the beginning of next yeah. season. Um, I do agree with Holly in terms of what Holly's saying with regards to the assessment of Amiron. I agree with you in, in terms of he hasn't played well and he hasn't. You know, I think there's another Gary in the chat that mentioned he did get an assist on Friday, which he did. But he's not the, he's not the Amiron that we know um, and, and that we love and what we've seen of him at times this season. The big reason is, is because he's effectively playing as a centre midfielder and it's not his position. Um, if you look in the way in which we set up, we set up to only allow either one of ASM or Almiron to play in their sort of um, comfortable position of around the number 10 position. Uh, uh, mark and at the moment ASM is playing that alongside uh, Wilson so it's meant that what's happened is is Almiron has had to sacrifice himself for the team because he plays in that centre midfield he runs his socks off as Holly said um, he runs himself into the ground but actually where you want him is further up the pitch and he's not allowed to do that because of the positioning and the style in which we set up and I think that's really hampered him at the moment and that's why we're not seeing the Almiron that we, that we want to see uh, and I don't think we'll see that now until the beginning of next season when when things change round. But um, that's just my assessment on, on Amiron. We are 100% safe. I'm not even worried about Fulham, Burnley's, West Brom's, all the rest of it. We we can sit and enjoy and 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 watch those games uh, with relatively comfortable uh, eyes because we're, we're not getting relegated. It's as simple as that. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, uh, just the points with regards to the centre backs. Um, we we do need to freshen up this this team, you know. I, I do believe that maybe one or two players that will leave in the summer that we maybe normally wouldn't want to let go. But the one thing that we haven't had to or we haven't been able to do under Mike Ashley is turn over the squad of players. We've had to keep players. Why? Because there's no guarantees that we're going to replace them. So we've had to keep players longer than we would have naturally wanted to keep them. So the likes of, you know, where Lascelles or Clark or whoever, Fernandez and maybe one or two others that maybe would have turned been turned over by now and moved on. They've still done a good job for us, but you need to keep that squad ticking over. And I think we need to start doing that now because otherwise we're going to get really, really stale. Yeah, I would agree, Pete, 100%. Gary, have you got anything else to say, mate? Uh, no, that's uh, pretty much it, really. Uh, it's, it's hard to run, really, when you've uh, you've had a positive result, you know, but uh, and things have turned around to that years as well. So I'm just relieved, to be honest with you. I'm just I'm just relieved that we've managed to get to this point before we go into the Fulham game, and we're not going to be looking over sure. It's good, so unlikely. It's not, it's not likely they're going to win four games, is it, really? Um, so fingers crossed they're going to draw at the very most tomorrow and then we can just relax for the rest of the season and look forward to the Euros and then hopefully next season change change from Bruce because I think Bruce just has to go to be honest I think he's, he's had a couple of years it's just going to be the same story next season for me uh, Mike Ashley's not going to back him um, he's, he's not going to spend money when we're looking at he's not going to sell him so unless there's a takeover done I just don't see a future for Bruce. So, what is, is he is he waiting for the money? Is he waiting to to get pushed out the door rather than just walk away? We don't really know what's going on behind the scenes and what his contract says. But for me, I think for most Newcastle fans, we just want a, a new start, just something different for next season. You're on mute again. 
Oh, I've got my washing machine on in the background, and I, I, that's what I'm concerned about. The noise comes from that on this microphone. Uh, apologies. Thank you, Holly. Keep us right. Um, yeah, Gary, well done, mate. And I know you're keen on coming on to a match day live or something at some point, mate. So we'll get you on before the end yeah. of the season. Thanks very much for contributing tonight, mate. Brilliant. Top man. That's brilliant. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us. Cheers, mate. Take care. Bye bye. Always great to get some new uh, new people on the show and uh, new new views and uh, new uh, comments. So great stuff. We'll we'll sure to have Gary on at some point. Okay, on to the next caller. It is Brian Parkin. Good evening, Brian. Hi guys, you're right. Yeah, good to see you, mate. Uh, thanks for coming yeah, on. And uh, yeah, um, over to you, mate. The the floor is yours for five minutes. Um, whatever you want to say, mate, about Newcastle United and the uh, you know maybe it's the season, maybe it's the last seven days, maybe it's just Friday. Over to you, mate. I think for me, I think mine all stems back from the time that I've been a supporter. I grew up on the Keegan days, uh, the first time, um, seeing all the attractive football and as Went through a few hard years of Hullet in Daglish and then Bobby Robson, Milan in Champions League football. And then it's kind of like now, I look at, I look at Steve Bruce in, in, his, in his tenure at Newcastle and had to wait till Friday night to probably have the best 80 minutes of his time being with Newcastle. Um, and it has to come at a time when we're really scrapping for relegation. Uh, to, sorry, to avoid relegation. Um, for me, it's. I, I've listened to. I've just looked in there before, and I listened to a few of the comments about uh, going forward. And Mike, Mike Ashley, if, if the takeover happens or it doesn't happen, uh, does Bruce have to go? The, the big factor for me, the big change in Newcastle is Graham Jones. Uh, since he's come in, his influence, I think, for me, is shown in terms of the way that we're playing. Uh, whether it be 433, 5-3-2, 3-5-2, 4-1-4, whatever it is, you can tell that he's got players playing now in kind of positions that they used to uh, in what they want to play. And maybe he's not playing out of position, apart from maybe Zamiron in the last few games where he's playing, I suppose, in that in that five in midfield where he's not really used to it. He's, he's going forward contributions. Um, I'm not. I'm not a, a big thing of the split strikers, which I think he's used before. Um, where he had Amir on playing in the middle, uh, Tim Maxman on the left, Wilson on the right. But um, going forward for next season, um, I'm not a Bruce fan, and I think you go. But I think who do you get in under a Mike Ashley regime who's going to have any sort of difference to what they're playing and who's going to work for him? Any manager with any sort of self-respect is going to come in next to no money. Um, I'm not saying I want Bruce to stay. Absolutely not. Um, but for me, it's kind of like, who do you get to replace him? Graham um, Jones, possibly. I think uh, his style of football suits Newcastle United and what Newcastle fans want to see. Uh, what's the attacking, uh, creative football? Um, but it's kind of like where do you go if there's no takeover? Or I, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I think there is. A, I hope there is a takeover. I think Newcastle United fans deserve it. Uh, they deserve a bit of success and a bit of money, and maybe compete for the size of the football club that we are stuck in the in the wilderness of being mid-table, 
bottom bottom half. It's not what we're about. And um, I know, I know, Steve. I've seen you at the match before, and and under the Keegan times and Bobby Robson. Do you know what it's like? And it's 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 stuck in limbo for me for Newcastle United uh, at the minute. Don't know where we are. It's sad, isn't it? It's sad to hear you say that, and I, but I completely agree with you. Um, we've been stuck in limbo since Mike Ashley came in 14 years ago and simply because the guy has used our club to promote his sports brand globally and not, not chosen yeah. to invest in a club which we all know is a sleeping giant. Whether people like it yeah. or not, Newcastle United is a sleeping giant. You know, we fair enough, we've only won the, you know, the, the top flight uh, once, 1927, but you know, we had a great FA Cup uh, run, run in the 50s um, but yeah. you know up until the 90s you know we'd been to the most FA Cup finals and it wasn't until yeah. you know the likes of Arsenal and Manchester United went on those fantastic runs with Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger yeah. that you know our our past was 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 you know diminished really and, and made to look yeah. you know inadequate but up until then we we were the, the main FA Cup team um, so yeah. I completely agree with you we you know we've We've been lucky, Brian, in, in a lot of ways that we saw that golden period, even though we didn't win anything. That was a golden yeah. period that we had of of watching, you know, Andy Cole, Peter Beardsley, uh, you know, David Ginola, Tino Aspria, Alan Shearer. We're lucky to have seen that. I count myself lucky to have seen Beardsley, Waddle and Gascoigne um, alongside Kevin Keegan and Terry McDermott, you know, but fall into that age category. Again, all I've seen us win. Is is the championship or the old yeah. second division as, as it was back then in 83-84. I've seen us win, you know, nondescript trophies, you know, the, the Japan Cup in 1982, which people always laugh when I mention it, but it's a trophy. Um, yeah. you know, but I'm I'm too I'm too young to remember the first cup in 69 or yeah. or you know, I've been to Wembley. I'm lucky enough that I've got tickets for the semi-finals and the finals in the nineties, and I was at the charity shields yeah. as well. So um, we've been to European semi-finals, and you know we've had great yeah. days out in the Champions League, home and away, which again yeah. I've been to. So for me, I count myself lucky. But this fourteen years of of you know mediocrity and relegations has been absolutely bloody awful, and yeah. I feel sorry for the people in Holly's age group. This is all. This is all Holly knows. This is all yeah. Holly's generation knows, and I understand. I understand why. Um, we're probably looked at as, you know, you know, probably grumbling old farts for want of a better expression, because you know the, you know, the going well, you know, the, we're used to this kind of thing. Is is the younger generation? We'll we'll bring Holly in on that. Holly, I mean, you know, your generation. This is all you've known, Mike Ashley, um, and and his whole host of inadequate managers: Steve Bruce, Alan Pardew, Joe Kinnear, um, you know, to name a few. Um, have all been manager, you know, as your in your time as a Newcastle fan. So, how how is it from your perspective? Um, it's a strange question because when people ask us all the time, like, "Oh, how do you feel about supporting Newcastle?" Like, have you never not want to support them or anything like that? Did it not put you off? The answer to that is no. Um, I've been going to games for as long as I can remember. My whole family are Newcastle United fans. I'm from the area, and it means everything to me. Like regardless of where we are who's owner of the club I will go to games I love the club and that's never changed um and I think the passion of my parents my grandparents has rubbed off onto me it makes me feel more strongly about the club but you see that obviously you'd think I'd be used to the absolute dross that we've had under Mike Ashley but I'm honestly not like yes it's all I've known but 
even I see, no, this is not right. This isn't where we should be. It's not what Newcastle ever should have been. It's not what we're destined for. Um, and I've been to all the protests, you know, trying to get Mike Ashley out of the club. Nothing's ever worked. You just feel a bit helpless as a fan, really, I think. But um, just trying to make the best of it. You get those odd moments where we'll have a win, we'll get a couple of wins, and we just think, wow. And then it makes you fall back in love with the club. And then the week later, you get your heart broken again because we get absolutely thrashed. It's just this constant cycle. Um, the most frustrating thing for me has been, though, that I think across the years we've had so many chances to build something. Um, we had Keegan come back in for a second spell. We had a chance to build something there. Mike actually treated him like shit, so nothing came of it. Shearer, the same chance. I think Shearer really could have been a good manager if he'd been given that chance, but again... Treated unfairly by Mike Ashley. Pardew got us to Europe, didn't back him the window after. Then we were almost relegated. Um, Rafa Benitez came. Yet again, another fantastic chance to build something, and we didn't take advantage of that. We just let Rafa Benitez go, brought in Steve Bruce, and it's just constantly, we have a chance to do something, we don't take our opportunities, and we end up almost relegated. It's, it's just, it's boring. It does get boring. You want to see us do something more. It's like, once we're safe, job done, we never strive to do anything better. And that's the most frustrating thing for me. And we see a lot of players that play for this club across the years. And I feel like a lot of them don't care. Whereas the players in the 90s, who I absolutely idolise, I've watched all the videos, all the old games, everything. They wore the heart on the sleeve. They were passionate for the shirt. They loved the playing in the black and white, playing for Newcastle. They were proud to represent the club. Whereas the players we've had since Mike Ashley came in, I just genuinely feel like they don't care. They don't understand what the club and the city is about. Um, and I think that's the biggest difference. I think the mindset of Mike Ashley from top to bottom has just rubbed off onto people over the years. And it's got fans just feeling very deflated. I mean, I know my granddad, he was the main reason that I got into football. Um, and by the end, he was just fed up. He couldn't even be bothered to watch the games anymore. Like, he, he was just totally sick of watching the same dross. And it is sad. Um Maybe because I'm more used to it, I have a bit more stamina and I'll go to games home and away regardless. But yeah, I'd love to see us get back to the 90s and maybe better in the future. It's really overdue now and I'd love to see us get any success because I've never been to a cup final. I was a bit too young to miss out on the Europa League games that were played in. So any type of success, I'll happily take. Great stuff, Pete. What's your take on uh, Brian's points tonight? Um, again... Great to have Brian on. Uh, fantastic points, and it is it is that that same thing again. I talked about it on Match Day Live, in uh, well, the worldwide show. In fact, in, in that I'm just sick of you know worrying about you know we get the relief of, of saving ourselves for one season, then it, it quickly turns to worry about where we're going to get the next forty points from the next season, and it's a case of we are in that limbo at the moment. We just need this this um, the future of our club. Um, resolved in order for us to move forward and you know we all want better times um, the frustrating thing about it and Holly's touched on it she's gone through the sort of the timeline of where we we could have rebuilt this club and we could have really um, kicked on and you know all of those points you know you talked about the likes of Shiri, the likes of Pardew uh, after the finishing fifth the Rafa all those periods of time but there's no better time than now 
You know, you look at the way football is at the moment. You look at the way the Premier League is at the moment. You look at West Ham that that are fighting for the top four. You look at Leicester, who have made those giant leaps in the last couple of years under Brendan Rodgers. You look at Everton kicking on. And you look at the fact that Arsenal, who are supposedly top six, sitting in ninth. You look at Spurs that are falling apart. Liverpool, there is no better time for us to be taken over and for us to really sort of uh, push ourselves up there because I tell you what, it wouldn't take long. It would not take long. This is not a, a, a dead set top six anymore where you have to try and break through it and have one of those breakthrough seasons. The teams are all over the place and there's an opportunity for us to really kind of kick in and, 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 and break through that wall. Um, and, and that's the frustrating thing is that we just don't know what's going on. We don't know when it's going to be resolved. We're all left in limbo. We all, we're all sort of praying for better days, but we can't keep waiting because, you know, the, the time's going to pass us by. We've got an opportunity to sign good players, to really kick on, um, and the sooner we do it, the better. So, like, like I said, what Brian said is, is, is absolutely spot on, and like I said, Holly's touched on it, but there is no better time than now. Yeah, uh, Alan D uh, says what I think most people think when they watch this. You've got to say, Holly's a breath of fresh air. She's got an old head on young shoulders. Any chance you can give the players a pep talk for the Man City game, Holly? <laughs> I'd love to if I was given the chance. <laughs> you never know. Brian, anything else, mate? So, for me, looking at the Mike Ashley era, I mean, we've had some dross managers in his time. Um, let's, let's be honest. But even when we weren't getting hyped, table the one man who the fans could relate to and who actually gave the toss if you like about the area was Rafa. Uh he got he got the area, he got the he got the fans, he got the community, he went in, I've seen pictures and videos with him and Lascelles and going into uh water dome and places like that and speaking to the youngsters. For me, if if this takeover doesn't happen and like I, said, like I said before, I would love it if it does, but if it doesn't, Newcastle need a manager who they can relate to and who gets the other. Steve Bruce is a journey, but he doesn't get Newcastle United in what we're about. If it's going to be moving forward and Bruce does go, they need to get somebody in who is relatable with the fans. Shearer come in off um, in that season. He was on a loss straight away. He was in a height and nothing. He didn't stay up. He got screwed over by Mike Ashley or whatever happened. Um, but then everybody else that come in off Rafa has had no real relationship with fans um, in being able to speak to the media and get out in the community. Keegan, Keegan did it. He had a massive, massive impact in this area uh, in terms of his relatability. Bobby Robson, same person. Rafa, same sort of personality. The Newcastle United team or the club needs somebody like that moving forward my thought would be if it did in like Pochettino if Rafa didn't come back um, I'm not a I'm not a massive advocate for managers returning um, would I like to see Rafa back yeah of course but I think Keegan was a prime example that didn't work if you like uh, but for me the relatable manager at Newcastle United and the fans will back him whether we're playing in 15th place, 10th place, 15th place, the Newcastle United fans will get behind that manager. Yeah. What do you make of that, Pete? 
absolutely spot on. Um, we, for me, I, I think if, if we're going to be taking over the club, I think Rafa Benitez is is, uh, for, in my opinion, the the only one that can um, that, that can take this this club forward. Um, he, you know, Brian talked about Rafa in the community. I used to love. Uh, seeing the pictures and, and hearing and listening to the interviews, um, if you know whether it's a local young lads football clubs or or whether it's the the young people in the city, mm-hmm. in the he's the only manager since Sir Bobby Robson, as far as I'm aware, that I've ever seen do that and I've ever yeah. seen documented in terms of actually going out into the community and meeting the people. When when have you when have you ever seen Steve Bruce do that? The the the, the guy that's supposedly from the city is never in the city. He's never in the community. He doesn't feel a part of it. This is why the fans can't make the connection. And this is why when people in the media come out and question why we have such loyalty to Rafa Benitez, it's because he actually got the city. He understood it, the city. He understood it. Why? Because he actually went out there and met the people. He actually went out there and took the time out of his day to do that. And the most important thing, he also... <laughs> players to do the same so the players yeah. also went out and met people within the city and that's why they have the connection you look at the likes of Isaac Hayden Dwight Gale Matt Ritchie Robbie Elliott or Rob Elliott should I say the goalkeeper they all love the city they all want to stay in the city why because they got to understand the city they got to understand the people in the city there's so many professional footballers and professional clubs that don't do it these, these days. But Rafa Benitez set that expectation from the beginning. And I can't remember a manager since Sir Bobby Robson back in the early 2000s that did the same. Maybe Chris Hutton, possibly, but certainly Bobby Robson. And then since then, Rafa Benitez. That makes the difference. That makes the difference because it makes us understand that they understand us. And when we understand that they understand us, it means the connection grows and it's bigger. And it means that we get behind the manager and we get behind his his ethos and his his his, his values and, and how he under how he wants to go about managing the club. It all it all knits together. It's not hard, but some of these managers and some of the media just don't get it. They don't get it. And that's the biggest frustration of it all. Can I just oh, go on, Brian? Yeah, go on. Sorry, sorry, I I think, think for me what also a big plus for Rafa is he didn't take any of Mike Ashley's rubbish if you like he come in he set his, he set his stall out this is what i want this is what i'm i need to come to get this team up to the next level i want control over transfers in and out i want i want to do all this and i think that's what for me in looking back on managers who've been in actually before they've always just easily just foregone that and they've let uh, the scouts and lee charlie and everything take over the transfers and things like that and Basically, a head coach, if you like, where uh, Rafa wanted full control. He wanted to do things his way. He he wanted to be successful or die on his sword and, and not be successful, which I think for me was spot on. Holly, what do you make of uh, what Brian's had to say? Yeah, I think he's totally right. And I think Pete hit the nail on the head as well. Um, The Rafa Benitez era during my time as a supporter has been my favourite, simply for the fact that unlike other managers that we've had, Rafa really got the area. And I think that proves that 
the manager doesn't necessarily have to be from Newcastle or have connections to Newcastle. I mean, Rafa Benitez is Spanish and he completely understood Geordie people and Newcastle as a city and the club perfectly well. Um, and he's much more of a Geordie in my eyes than Steve Bruce will ever be. I don't think Steve Bruce has ever been in Newcastle United sport. No matter how much crap he says, I'm not having it because he hasn't got the same mindset as we have. Um, and that is what we need for a takeover going forward. We need someone that the fans can relate to, that they really get the area. Um, and I would bring Rafa Benitez back. If he wasn't to come, then we'd have to look elsewhere. But certainly the same as Pete, I think, since Bobby Robson, he's been the only manager that really understood people. And as well, what Brian said, um, obviously he didn't put up with the crap from Ashley. He wasn't an Ashley yes man, like all the other managers have been, the likes of Pardew, Kinian, all the rest of them, McLaren. Um, and that is why the fans were so on his side, because for once we've seen the manager speaking out against the toxic regime and sticking up for the fans. And that is massive. That instantly gets the fans respect. So I think Rafa, no matter what, he'll always have the respect of most Newcastle fans and he should do. Great stuff. Brian, been fantastic, mate. Great to have you on. Uh, look forward Thank to getting you on again, mate, at some point as yeah. well. But thanks for coming on and taking the time to give us your views. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Good to have uh, Brian on. And I've uh, got a familiar face from Match Day Live coming on now. It's uh, good evening to Dunhill. Good evening, guys. Mm. Evening, Pete. Evening, Holly. And good evening to Steve. Yeah. How are we? Good. Good to see you, mate, and congratulations on your uh, debut on Match Day Live. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, as I say, I'll just do a little poem here. I, 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 I loved it. So It was so nice that I had to go on twice. So that's why I... <laughs> <so> I... <laughs> go on, yeah. you've, got, you've got five minutes, mate, and then uh, we'll, bring in, we'll bring in my next guest. So what, what would you like to say about um, Newcastle United tonight? Newcastle United, well, I suppose my point... Is a, what I'm bringing is not only covers Newcastle United but football clubs in general. It's the relationship between the ownership and the fans. Now, what I think the uh, protests of last week and the week before we ESL have proven is that throughout the Premier League, the relationship between the ownership and fans is not a great one. Fans are taken for granted. And what I would love is, when this takeover happens, whoever our owners are, is to have a bit more clarity in terms of communication with the fans. Because as we all know, if we don't have fans, we don't have a football club, no matter who, who you are. So that would be my request to our prospective owners that, you know, work with us. Tell us what you're doing. Because under the current regime, there's been certain things which obviously got on uh, every fan's uh, goat. One of them being renaming our beloved stadium. I mean, that really got, got on everybody's goat. Sports Direct Arena. It didn't look, sound like a football stadium. Did it sound more like a, a rugby league stadium? I mean, St. James's Park... You re, you, you're saying, oh, going to St. James's, that's tradition. Old Trafford or Anfield, that's tradition. You know, by renaming a stadium, you, you sort of take the soul away. You put a knife through tradition, you know, by doing that. And that, you know, that's what I want to say is that 
whatever decision they're taking, you know, get our opinions on board, ask what we think, you know, and then we, we may not like it, but at least we're being, uh, you know, honest and that the whoever our owners may be, that for them to remember one thing that, yes, they're going to be putting the funds in. Yes, we've got the manager. Yes, we've got the team. But fans are also important. And I'm going sort of economic, a bit of economics here. We are also stakeholders in our club in the fact that we pay the money through the gates. We buy the retro kits, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that was my little rant from, you know, from the past few weeks. I'm thinking, well, yeah, all these money bags owners have come in, but they they don't understand. They need to get on board our culture, the, the football culture, the ethos, and how we, us fans think. And that you know, relegation promotion does happen. It has happened for the last hundreds of years. That ain't gonna change. We ain't like NFL where you got this conference, that conference, and that conference. It's basically that's the competitive ethos in our you know throughout our leagues, and that's why you know what makes our football so competitive, no matter if you go League 2 or even in a non-league, everybody plays hard, hard to win, hard to move, and plays hard to so that they move up the divisions, you know. So that was my 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 rant on that, that, you know, for a change to happen in football, the owners need to work and develop a tight-knit relationship with the fans, uh, you know. Good point, Donald. Yeah, good point. Pete, what do you make of that? I agree. Um, I think it's a really good point. You know, the the, the the fabric within our game is the fact that that it's competitive. That there is a there is a chance that any team at any given day uh, yeah. win the league, but also can get relegated. Yeah, and that's what keeps the competition high. You just yeah. you look over the last 10, 12 years. You know, the likes of Stoke City, the likes of Swansea, the like. Yeah. You know, one or two others. You got your Watford, your Fulham's, your Brighton's, yeah. for example, right now. Your yeah. Burnley's. You know, all of these teams have come from lower divisions all the way up. Sheffield United being the most yeah. recent, coming from League yeah. One straight to the Championship, straight to the yeah. Premier League, and then nearly yeah. Europe. Yes, they've gone down, but they've had the ability and the opportunity more yeah. than anything to do that. Uh, yeah. And. And it's all it's all right for the the top six to or the supposed yeah. top six to try and cut that off, but actually they're ruining what football in this country and in Europe is all about. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely one hundred percent agree with you, um, Daniel. And it, it, it's a fantastic point. And and you know, it, owners owners need to need to understand the clubs that they own better. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and like you've said, first and foremost, it, it, it starts with the fans. You need to understand what the fans want at the club. Now, the fans are not going to be able to get everything. And no. you know, it's important that we understand that as fans. We're not going to get everything we want, but yeah. there, there should be at least that communication there, that open line of communication where voices are heard. You know, I, I always remember, um, just going back to a little story, um, early 2000s it was the semi-final of the UEFA Cup away at Marseille and I was lucky enough to go yeah. to the game. me and my brother travelled 
down from Newcastle to the uh, with the supporters club um, to Marseille. Uh, we got absolute pelters getting the coach into the into the stadium. Um, bottles, glasses, stones, all that thrown at us, and we saw a really drab, disappointing performance. Albeit yeah. we both would get missing, but the one thing that happened that really surprised me, and I was just a young lad at the time, is that after yeah. the game at the airport. Um, there were fans um, gathered around and we were thinking, what's going on here? And it was Sir John Hall. And yeah. he, he was listening to the fans. He was talking to the fans. Yeah. Look, we know we need improvements here. Like, he's yeah. got you know, we, we should have been competitive. We should be getting to the final. And he listened and he advised and, and you know, he, he said, look, we're going to look into it. And I'm pretty sure that season he went out and got Patrick Cliver. Now, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying it worked, but what he did, he listened to what the fans wanted. wanted yeah. Those fans made the difference, but he certainly took it on board. We've got an owner that doesn't take anything on board that the fans no. say. You know, you look at Arsenal and a number of other clubs that don't listen. We need yeah. to, they need to listen and understand what the fans want. And yeah. with that, then builds yeah. a connection. It builds a, builds a connection, not yeah. just club, but within football. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Holly, yeah. what did you make of uh, what Donal had to say? Yeah, it was a great point. Um, you can't disagree with them at all. I think it's easy to get caught up in the fact that the PIF is so wealthy and it'll make us the richest football club in Europe, et cetera, et cetera. But the most important thing is the type of relationship that we have with the fans because... Mike Ashley had relatively decent wealth when he came into the club, yeah. but had an absolutely shocking relationship with the fans, and we know yeah. how that turned out. So I don't think money's the be-all and end-all. If they have a positive, healthy relationship with the fans, they're regularly communicating and yeah. seeing what the fans' thoughts are on things, then that will make them to be successful owners. Um, I think the fact that Amanda Stavely's part of that consortium is yeah. a really positive thing because she will help be the voice of the fans almost and communicate that to the other yeah. parties involved. Um, and I do think she understands Newcastle and she really gets yeah. the fans. I think she likes Newcastle as a club and as a city. Yeah. So um, that's always a positive thing. But definitely um, that's what I think will get them on the fan side straight away yeah. is if they're really listening to what we want. Um, yeah. Some type of like fan forum, fan board thing, better than the one yeah. we have at the minute because that's totally yeah. killed. Um, yeah, that's what um, I think would be the best way forward. Just get a few fans from different groups as well, um, yeah, like yeah. different kind of supporter groups. I know we've got like an LGBT one, we've got the flags yeah, group, yeah. we've got um, the disabled yeah. supporters, just people from all yeah. different supporter groups to be on a forum and share the ideas. That's what I think we need to do under new ownership. Yeah. Yeah, good uh, stuff. Uh, Go on, Donald, quickly. Yeah, um, as I say, I, what Holly's just said there, that's exactly what I... I had in my mind as well, and that um, obviously with our friends, I think when when we are taking over, you know, signed and everything signed, sealed, delivered, you know, work with the trust and say, right, you you are the fans' voice. How can we help? How can we take these things forward? That's linking into the point that Holly has just made there. So yeah, that that would be good. I am going to do a. I am going to do a special uh, when the season finishes about the fans liaison committee because um, I think yeah. I think that story needs to be told. All the yeah. people know is, uh, and that really was our big opportunity to have fan representation at the club. And it was twenty years ago, and obviously yeah. I was at the centre of it. I was involved from the start, yeah. and yeah. I think that that that'll be an interesting story. And I think as long as the new owners learn from the mistakes that were made with that, 
then yeah. I think we've got a big opportunity to include all supporters. And, and, and you know, there is a way of doing it. Um, and I just think, yeah, I think the new owners will certainly look at it. And I know from meeting Amanda Stavely myself, um, yeah. that is something she is willing to do and happy to, to work with supporters. So that's, that is good news. So let's hope it is that takeover. Donald, I've got one more call out to come on. So thanks that's for your all. time, mate. You and we'll get you, we, we will get you back on Match Day Live. Great point, Absolutely. Mate. Look forward to it, guys. See you later. Have a good evening. Nice one. And you take care, yeah. man. Bye-bye. Great to have Donald on. And uh, great to have so many people joining us tonight. Jimmy Ray, good evening, mate. How are you? Good evening, brothers and sisters. How are you? Very good, mate. Good to see you. Uh, what would you like to say tonight, mate? The, the floor is yours. Well, it was uh, it was nice to, to see again that I've sat down and actually enjoyed Steve uh, for a long time. It's been a while since I've seen Newcastle performance where I thought, wait, I would deserve that. Not like your West Ham's and stuff, you know, where you thought, oh, you know, I would... I mean, they were down to 10 men, you know, and we're tuned out up and they come back to 2-2 two, two, and then all of a sudden, you know, your hoop's going and then, you know, you're thinking, oh, dear me. So it was nice to sit back and although the, the last 10 minutes were a bit nervy, I would have took that no bother at all because I had we down for 5-0 like hammered. I thought we'd be well hammered. So it was nice to be surprised. A uh, bit like me divorce, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it was a nice game to watch, Steve, and I was really pleased. And I was, I was pleased. I, I think it was a bit over the top to go back in the dressing room and take photographs like you just won the UEFA Cup. Like I thought that was a bit. And this is what's so annoying about being a Newcastle fan because you're watching games like that and you're thinking, "Get in there, get in there," and then you think, "Well, we don't really want to do anything." So, you know, it's a bit like. It's a bit null and void in the way, and I think, like Holly said a couple of weeks ago on one of the podcasts, she said, like, it's just so boring, and that, that's what was, like, refreshing about last uh, Friday night, just to see a good team performance, and, and well-deserved, I have to say, like, well, well-deserved it, you know, it should have been forward half-time, really, but uh, I would have took that no bother at all, you know. I think you're right, Jimmy, you know, I think your point you make about the, the photograph in the dressing room, something that's been picked up, I think we live in a social media age now, and the players aren't exempt from that, and, uh, you know, we saw it after the, the win against, um, I think it was West Ham, Andy Carroll and Dummett and Gillespie were, you know, basically, you know, they took a selfie, and I think it stemmed from uh -huh. there, and, and I think the team photograph, you know, for whatever reason, they've took it. It's 17th law, isn't yeah. it? I know, I know. I get, I get where you're coming from. I, I mean, I, I see exactly, I see exactly what you're saying, and I've seen other people say it. So you know, ultimately, from my perspective, you know, it's a photograph, and but I understand exactly what you mean. Maybe, maybe there should have been a little bit more sense on that. But yeah, listen, hey, great result. But I'm, great not that I'm, not that I'm not happy about that, Steve, because uh, ultimately, I want to take over to go through that. You know, that's what everyone's pinned their hopes. Well, most of us. The only one, let's not forget, by the way, that it's, I think it's like 90 odd percent that want this takeover. And the ones that don't are only the ones with the biggest gobs, you know what I mean? So let's uh, just keep the faith and let's hope this goes through, man, because I'm sick of watching crap. 
you oh, know. The ones who don't want it to go through are politically motivated, who all work on burner uh-huh. accounts on Twitter. That's all, basically. And I mean, they're a minority. They're about 0.001% uh-huh. of the fan base who don't want this takeover to go through, who are playing a political card and have got absolutely no idea what on earth they're talking about. Um, uh-huh. And really, I, I genuinely do not believe that half of them are Newcastle fans and all they get, uh-huh. all they get, is, all they get is excitement. Uh, and there is excitement, clearly. Um, they probably have to change their, their underwear at least once once a day um, when they get a bite off somebody on Twitter. And that's oh, basically I... where we're at, Jimmy. Um, they're, 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 you know, they're just they're just not worth they're not worth discussion really. But uh, it's one of them things, mate. That's life. That's social oh, media. I... We've got to accept it's part of it. Luckily, um, you know, we're starting to see uh, big name companies, sponsors, um, and people clamping down on cyberbullying, on racism, on uh, homophobic tweets and stuff like that. All of this is, is getting looked at under a bigger microscope, mate. So well, eventually all of this will will disappear because these accounts uh, will either get found out, they'll get stopped, or the people will be arrested and put you know put away or, or given community uh, service. Uh, good. But uh, what do you make, Pete, um, of what uh, Jimmy's had to say? And, and what about the photograph? Because that's interesting. I've seen other people mention that over the weekend. I've got to be honest. I love the photograph. <laughs> <laughs> I did. You know why? Because we because it, we we don't get any of that. I, I look at other teams putting their photographs out when they win, and I'm talking every team in our league and below. Um, and I just I saw it more as a togetherness. Uh, of, of the players, um, there wasn't any, you know, big celebrations. There wasn't any, like, you know, you know, big posing or anything like that. It was, it just, if you look at the photos, just a group of players that are together, and I like that. And, and you know, that's the least that they deserve. Yes, we're seventeenth in the league. Yes, well, thirteenth we went up to, but yes, when we're not having, we've not had the best of seasons. But I tell you what, it was a very, very good performance. And if there, if there's ever, ever one game where you don't, where in my opinion, I don't mind a photo coming out, it's after that performance because those boys put in a great performance and they deserved it. So I actually loved it. I loved having that photo up, the togetherness of the players, um, and we don't see it enough. And uh, you know, like, like, like you said, uh, Jimmy, you know, we want the takeover. We, we want, we want his, our club to be moving forward. And you know what? I want to see more of those photos. <laughs> <laughs> In the next three games, yeah. I know it hasn't been any uh, photos from the stadium of light after the fantastic 1-1 draw today, which got them into the uh, playoffs. I'm, God, I can't wait for the playoffs. Uh, Holly, what did you make of uh, what Jimmy had to say? I'm of the exact same opinion as Pete. Uh, I really like the photograph. I think it shows that the team's unified because I know that's been questioned a lot throughout the season. Um, and I just think it shows that now the, there's a sense of togetherness and they were happy that they'd won that game, as they should be. Also, it should be celebrated a little bit because, like I've mentioned before, um, at one point it was like we were nailed on to be relegated and we've turned that around now. And I think last night's game, sorry, Friday night's game, I'm lost off with all my days, um, showed that, that that was the game that proved that, yeah, we're safe now, there's nothing left to do because um, we were almost at that magic 40 points and we were 13th in the league. So, yeah, I just think that should be celebrated a little bit. Overall, should we be celebrating surviving relegation? No, but this season, yeah, we should because it's a miracle that we've managed to stay up. <laughs> it is definitely a miracle. Um, Jimmy, anything else, mate? No, I'll take the guy's points on board, like, and uh, maybe I'll just... Uh, 
I just grew up like in the entertainers era and like, you know, you get stuck in these heights and you just think, we can't be great, you know, we can't be good, we can't compete. And I'm not taking anything away from the performance. And I think you're right, it, it does show lovely, you know, what a great performance and togetherness. But I think long term, you know, we should be really looking upwards, you know. And that's yeah, all. And that's I just want all to be together, by the way. And uh, let's just stick together, man, and let's just get this through. And who knows, in a couple of years, we'll be, I'll be thinking, oh, I'm, I'm sick of being in finals. You know what I mean? Let's hope it's like that. You know, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? You know, oh, I'm sick of De Bruyne. He's not good. You know, that would be lush, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? Messi, rubbish. You know? <laughs> you well, know, Jimmy, we'll, Jimmy would be And we great. deserve it, man. Ah, we do, we fans do, we do, we do, fans deserve it, man. You know? But uh, I love your show, by the way, and uh, thanks very much, man. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for coming on. Thanks for your support. We've got a great support network with uh, NUFC Matters. It's been fantastic. And uh, I think people are happy to know that the show is going to carry on uh, now that we seem to be touch wood coming out of COVID, etc. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have built this up and, and not continued with it. But uh, people like yourself make it. And thanks for thanks for your support, Jimmy. Thanks to Gary and to Brian tonight as well and to Dunnell for coming on. But, Jimmy, thanks. And don't be a stranger, mate. Make sure you come back on, pal. Thanks ever so much, guys. Love you all, man. Cheers, man. Take care. Great to have him on. Fantastic show tonight, Pete. Loved it. Um, some some great great guests on there with some really really uh, good points. And and you know what, I I, I didn't get a chance to sort of um, talk about it. I will just briefly talk about it now. You, you were mentioning about the social media, and Jimmy talked about the fans, and uh, you know how some fans are uh, just sort of targeting individuals and uh, and seem to be um, thriving off the divide of the of the of the uh, the fan base and and that's what it is that it, 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 they're thriving off this divide and they know these small minute number of fans that are causing problems know that when this takeover goes through the fan base will start to come together and it will start to knit together and they'll start be working in the same direction and there won't be all this arguing and bickering uh and it will start to really really come to an end and that's what they don't want they don't want it because their lives sort of uh, evolve around the negativity of the club and if the, the club is positive and the club is going in the right direction they've got nothing to moan about and they've got nothing to to thrive off so you know it was a really good point that was made and obviously you talked about it briefly as well Steve but I, I do believe that you know the sooner our, our club's you know future is resolved that you will see on social media that the fan base really start to come together yeah, Holly, uh, it's great to have so many fans on, like-minded fans uh, coming on and chatting tonight. And uh, new faces as well. Always nice to see new faces. I've said Jimmy, Gary, um, Brian in particular, never been on the show, but great to hear different points of view. Yeah, I think that's a great thing about when you get new people on the show. It brings different points up that are actually really good that haven't been discussed before. So today's show has been really, really good. Um, and just touching on what Pete said about the social media stuff, I thought your little bit about the anti-takeoff, it was spot on, Steve. Like, you can't really add much more to it. Um, I think if the takeoff goes through, these people will be devastated. They'll have nothing to do, kind of, with their free time anymore. And hopefully you'll see them go a little bit away a little bit more after the lockdown as well, because uh, less people will be online, less people to troll just really really sad to be honest isn't it 
Well, it is, and I see people getting affected by it all the time. I keep saying I'm not going to go on about it, but but I end up doing it, and it's because, you know, Steve Hastie was targeted last week absolutely disgracefully. Um, I saw the aftermath of all of that because people do send us screenshots, unfortunately, and um, it doesn't affect me anymore. Um, I just say what I want to say, and I'll, I'll say it because I know what I'm saying is the truth, and, and what I say is, is correct. And, you know, I've got morals, and, you know, from my perspective, I'll not bow to these people. I'll constantly hammer back at them and make sure that people know all about, you know, the untruths that they're telling. And eventually these people will get stopped and they will get banned. And, you know, the, the, these, burn these burner accounts, which will all be linked to the same IP address, will eventually, you know, lead to trouble for those people. And, and so, so it should do. Um, I, they should grow up. Uh, essentially, um, but they don't affect me anymore. I, I did what I had to do by doing the documentary, doing the campaign. I'm glad I did it. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll constantly try. They'll constantly try and have a pop at me. Um, but they're wasting their time and effort. And, and I just want to say, if anybody is a victim of it, I've seen it happen to Mark Byers recently, who's a regular viewer. I've seen it happen to other people. It's a disgrace. But please don't get sucked in. Don't let it affect you. And, and if you do let it affect you, you know, if those people are constantly going, don't try and interact with these people, just block them. The block button works. That's what it's there for. Block the people and don't allow them on your timeline. And yeah, they'll continue to rant and rave and call your names. And But ultimately, who are they doing it to? They're doing it to 200 people on their account. Um, a lot of the people on their account are actually them in their own burner accounts. It's, it's a pretty sad existence, but they get a kick out of it. They actually get a kick out of it. I'm sad to say that some people who were close to us and close to the show got involved and under the influence with those people. And, you know, some people have become friends with them. Good luck to them. Um, but for me, you know, I, I don't hold grudges. I just crack on and do what I'm doing. And, um, you know, let's face it. If NUFC matters, wasn't doing something positive wasn't doing something good. You know, the numbers are there to speak for themselves, 40,100 now who subscribed. Then ultimately, you know, we wouldn't be getting attacked, but we're getting attacked on a regular basis. We're being called a cult. We've turned it into a positive and we're raising money for the food bank off the back of it. So it's one of those things. If, if you're having a hard time, though, people out there, please just block these people and move on. You don't need the hassle. You just don't need the hassle. Um, and it, it's only social media after all. Um, these people wouldn't say the same thing to you in the streets. So move on, um, you know, and and, and and if you do struggle, inbox somebody or ring somebody, um, you know, because, you know, there are people who will, are willing to talk to you. But I think the big thing is the NUFC Matters family is a big family and so is the Loaded Football family as well. They're a big family. Reach out to Martin, reach out to me, Daz, Pete, Holly, whatever, if you are having a bit of, bit of trouble. Um, it's not worth the energy. Um, you know, go off and watch a TV, keep off your phone, but just block these people. They're not worth the interest and they're certainly not worth, worth replying to. I've gone on a little bit there, but I think it was important to do that. You know what I mean? And Keith Patterson there, they've motivated me never to give up. So there you go. Well, look, and he motivates us. Look, we, we've talked about it before, you know. It, we're, we're, he says that we're his motivation, but he's ours as well. And I've got to say, just to, you know, I'm sure you guys would agree, just having Keith on the last few weeks on, on the Amigos, it, it don't half make my week. He's, he's fantastic. He makes us laugh. But I tell you what, he's a straight talker. And I just love, watch, I love watching and listening to him. And, you know, keep up the fight, Keith. Um, you know, there's other people out there as well, the likes of 
uh, Tom and Daz and Yano and all the guys on the on the on the chat tonight. There's so many people to, to to you know to to reach out to. We are a massive, massive community, and that should never ever be forgotten. You know what? There's some absolutely brilliant people in the chat as well. And somebody suggesting there we need to get together. You'll need a big venue. We are. We've got the Christmas party, which will be rearranged as soon as I know when Lee Clark's coming back. But hopefully. Um, as well, we will be able to do something bigger and better. We've already been in discussions with a bar locally uh, for an event in August uh, with me and Liam Kennedy for the food bank. We're going along to do a show for free uh, for the food bank. So, look, there will be some live shows um, from, from our perspective to try and raise money for the food bank. So, you know, from our perspective, yeah, 100%, there will be will be get-togethers as long as it's safe and COVID secure and, you know, we get all that, uh, we get all that, uh, you know, th that opportunity. So be great to meet as many of you as possible and don't be shy. Make sure you come up and, and say hello to us when, when you do, you know. So uh, great stuff. Fantastic show tonight. Um, big shout-out to Pete and Holly. Thanks for coming on. And uh, big shout-out to Chris. Get well soon, mate. He's probably in bed. He really isn't well at all. So uh, sending uh, our best wishes to, uh, to Chris. And uh, Holly, Holly's getting uh, overtime again this week. She's back tomorrow night with <laughs> with ladies' night uh, with me at 6 o'clock. So uh, I'll be back with the girls tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. All the usual shows are on this week. Uh, I'm not aware or doing anything, so looking forward to seeing you all. And, of course, we've got Match Day Live and the Three Amigos again on Friday. So another double shift for me. Uh, great to see you guys. Take care. Have a good Sunday evening. Only way you're ever gonna learn